Hey everybody, this is Chad. Before we get started, just want to say, of course, thanks for listening. We have a great guest. We have Josh Johnson. He is a writer for The Daily Show. He has been on TV lots and lots. Uh, he has his own podcast called The Josh Johnson Show, and man, did we laugh when he told us his stories. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey everybody, this is Chad Daniels, and you have landed in the middle of somewhere. Hello, thanks for coming back, thanks for joining us. Whatever day it is, happy that day across from me, as always, Cyrus Amundsen. Hello Chad, it's nice to be here. Uh, Ohio and Minnesota are very different <laughs> states. You jumped right in, didn't you? I'm right. I'm ready to go. They're very, they're, I, I like Ohio. As you know, I've been living here for quite some yep. time now. Uh, but it is different than Minnesota. One, what would you say is Minnesota's defining quality? Defining quality is fake Minnesota nice, where they <laughs> they will say, "Oh, well, I love your two daughters. That's just great." And then they go home and shut the door, and they're like, "Those two bitches." Let me tell you something. What would you say is our positive? Like, what's what's what is Minnesota? Why am I doing this? Why am I treating you like fucking? Guess what I'm thinking? Lakes, lakes <laughs> and parks. Minnesota sure. has invested a lot in lakes and parks. I like lakes and parks. In, in Ohio- Minneapolis, I will tell you. In Minneapolis, this is a real stat that nobody lives further away than six blocks from a park. They strategically did that so every single resident is within walking distance of a park. So you're hitting exactly where my brain is going. I came down to Cincinnati and I was like, well, that's just how cities are. That is not the case even Mm-mm. remotely at all. And I wanted to go to a park. So I've been trying to go to a park for like three weekends and I keep going to all these things they call parks that are just like a fucking field that some begrudgingly angry city <laughs> council was like, put a picnic table out there. It's just like dog shit, right? And then right. I found one on, I was like, just basically googling parks and they said that they had a lake and i was like oh shit a lake and a park so i went and it was like a cement sidewalk that wrapped around what looked like a hole that like a bunch of drunk prisoners dug to create a cincinnati lake (laughs) yeah first of all i have to jump in and say right now there's someone working at the fbi That is like, oh, remember the guy that we found in several hotel stairwells? Well, now he's Googling parks, probably to hide a body. Dude, this fucking lake, this lake was the, it was, the water was a color, like, I assume, you know, in old West movies, when like a guy comes off a cattle ride or whatever they call that shit, and he Mm -hmm. takes one of those baths in like a wooden bucket, you know? And you're like, well, there's no drain. Where's that water go? Well, it for sure created this lake in Ohio. It, dude, it was, and then there was like, there were two, no, excuse me, three, as I made the circle around the path, there were three like, moms. I'm assuming there were moms. They just had a, like a young mom vibe. Sure. They, uh, they were going to go paddle boarding in this lake. And I was like, oh man, I hope those wetsuits are made of, condoms or you're gonna get some sort of lake aids i mean this shit like it was it was easily 
easily the grossest uh, park. So if anybody listening can tell me within 30 minutes of Cincinnati where I can go and pretend like I'm in Minnesota for a weekend, that would be great. <laughs> I had, This happened this weekend. I will tell you what happened to me this weekend. Friday, so Thursday night, let me start here. Okay. For months and months, I have been planning on doing a private show. Now, I don't get asked to do corporates that often because I say words like fuck and you together. Sure. And so I don't get asked to do these private gigs from companies. And I got asked to do a fundraiser for the Magic House in St. Louis, which is a children's museum. And I'm telling you, I was so excited. When I get asked to do these gigs normally, I just go and I do the hour that I'm working on and people have to deal with it. But they were paying me a really nice, a handsome amount of money. Sure. So I went I went back to all my albums and I wrote down word for word some of the jokes because I wanted to give them the 20 minutes of the fat, most punchlines per minute. Sure. That I've ever given anyone. And so... I'm working on this thing for a month. I've listened to all my albums, which is not easy for me. I've written down the jokes. A lot of self-hate, I'm, sure. I'm practicing like I used to before an open mic when I started, in a, like walking around my living room doing these bits so I remember the words. So Thursday, this is Friday. I'm supposed to do this thing. Thursday night rolls around. Sky West, which is the commuter plane company. It's like if you have a connecting flight that's only an hour long, SkyWest probably does it. Oh, yeah, they're the death planes. Yeah, so I have I have a flight from, well, they're, they're jets still. Sure, I just think they're, they're the plane you're most likely yeah. to die on. Like yes, if, if somebody they, was like, Chad, very small. Chad fucking is dead, he, a commuter plane crash, you'd be like, well, that makes sense. It's not a regular yeah. plane, it's a fucking commuter plane. Yeah, so I have a flight from Fargo to Minneapolis, then Minneapolis to St. Louis. Thursday night, I get a text message that says, your flight has been canceled. We put you on the five o'clock flight, which gets you into St. Louis at 930. And I always love how Delta's like, we know what's going on in their life. Let's just reschedule them for something that won't fucking work ever. And so I, I have to cancel that whole flight, get a refund. Then I go online to Delta and I get the Minneapolis to St. Louis leg. Sure. I, I get that one and I even get my same seat which is great. Okay. So then I have to drive to Minneapolis to get on a flight. I get there. Um, first of all, I, I had to slam on my brakes three times before I left Fergus Falls. Okay. So I was like, this is already not good. I got pulled over for speeding, 80 and a 70. Lady was super nice. She's like, I'm just going to go back and run this and make sure everything's okay. And uh, comes back with a ticket. So I have... Now I have a ticket. I get pulled over again, going 75 in a 70. And I'm like, what's happening? The guy goes, you know why I pulled you over? I go, it better not have been for speeding. I was going 75. And then he goes, uh, well, we're doing this thing. We want to get people ready for winter weather. So we're just pulling people. We're doing an exercise today. Because he even said, he goes, hey, have you been pulled over lately? I go, 20 miles ago, I got pulled over for going 80 in a 70. And then he goes, well, why are you still speeding? I go, every time you guys pull me over, I'm already late. Why do you think I'm speeding? So every time you pull me over, I'm going to have to go faster. Can you call ahead and tell people to stop pulling me over? And then he laughs at that and we're having a good time, blah, blah, blah. So he just goes, well, I'm not giving any tickets today. I'm just letting people know winter's coming, so slow it down. I'm like, awesome. So I get to the airport and uh, I have to go through security. The beeper goes off. I have my belt on still, so I take my belt off. Then the random beep goes off. I have to get everything in my bag searched and touched with the magic uh, terrorist cloth. Sure. And then I get to the, finally get to they the call thing. I don't know why this. Disappearing terrorist ink is actually what it is. Don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. don't mislabel it. I get to the gate. Everything seems like it's going to be going fine. And then the guy comes on. He goes, hey, everybody, not sure if you heard about the SkyWest computer meltdown, but our crew is supposed to come from Oklahoma City and their flight got canceled. So we don't have a crew. We've been on hold for an hour with SkyWest. Nobody's picked up. So uh, we're just going to have to see what happens. I wait at the airport for five hours. They cancel my flight. I don't get to go do the gig. I've practiced old jokes for no reason. I get zero money. But. The lady at Toomey, 
She saw me walking by with my bag and she goes, hey, do you need any zippers put on your bag? Five new zippers. Fucking boom. Boom. Five new zippers. Why don't you just drive? I've, I don't want to I don't want to tell you how to live your life. Why don't you just fuck it? Why don't you drive to St. Louis? It's not that far. It's eight and a half hours from Minneapolis, and I would have gotten there right at showtime if nothing had gone wrong and I'd already been pulled over twice. No, I meant from the from the get go. No, it's too far. Ten hours. Is it ten Are hours you, from Fergus to St. Well, Louis? Well, it's 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 more than that because it's three hours from Fergus to Minneapolis and eight and a half hours from Minneapolis. So it's eleven and a half hours. Why do you have to drive through Minneapolis? Because that's how the roads work. I don't have a fucking car helicopter. Where's what are you Saint, talking about? Where's St. Louis at in America? Can't you just go down, like down the Dakota, Minnesota? What are we doing? We have a guest. What are hey, we guys, what we are, have a we great doing? guest. Yeah. We have a great guest here today. Uh, I have spoken about him on the podcast before when he came out with two albums this year, Elusive and Hashtag. I have pushed those albums because when I listened to them right when they came out, I was... I was floored. Elusive has music on it, and it's not like normal comedian music. It's fucking fantastic music. And then also comedy. And then Hashtag is a comedy album that really blew my mind. I heard a lot of uh, I heard a lot of pandemic stuff, you know, coming back from comedy. And all of this stuff was uh, – it, it blew me away. It was so – so insightful and socially relevant that I was uh, I was blown away. Yes, I. Oh, and I didn't do a good job of pushing it because I am a jealous little bitch. And somebody put out two <laughs> fucking stand-up albums. That you, 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 like I'm excited. He's on the show. I'm a fan, but I'm not like I'm not gonna also brag about your shit on my podcast when you're out there putting out two fucking albums in a year. Would you play in the NFL too? Jeepers fucking creepers. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Josh Johnson. Hey, Josh. Hey, how you doing? Uh, funny enough, there is an NFL player named Josh Johnson. There and is. one time when he was, uh, I think he had just got signed to something. There was a lower publication. So we're not talking about ESPN. We're not talking about any of those. There was a lower publication that accidentally used my photo for his photo. <laughs> And it's like, it, like, but the, the craziest thing is that it didn't even line up. Like, they actually put the photo up where I looked the skinniest. And then they were like, Josh Johnson sides with. And I was like, how did they not recognize? Like, I don't even have a thick neck. Yeah, I would say. Isn't there also. You do not, like, and I don't say this as an insult. I don't think, I wouldn't want somebody to be like, yeah, good looking guy. Looks like a football player. But you. There's no part of me be like, what's that? A tight end there? What do you got? A tight end? No, no. I don't even have the frame. No, I don't have. I don't have the frame of a kicker. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like Josh Johnson, who uh, just coming out of a coma after an accident freshman year in college, has been drafted to the NFL. Yeah, yeah. They love the tape from before the coma so much. <laughs> hey, isn't there also a story? I think I heard there's another comedian named Josh Johnson, right? Yeah, and yeah. And you guys got Oof. called to the same show? No, not that. We did both get called. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is this the fucking Divine's house party story? Yeah, yeah. Uh, as I torpedo it? But holy shit. Yeah, please. Yeah. Oh, well, no. It's just they they booked me, but then they called, flew out, and taped the wrong person. And, <laughs> you know, and the, the worst part is that it wasn't even... I can't remember the name of the company because it wasn't it wasn't Comedy Central. It was like these other people who had never met me that were hitting everybody up. Yeah. And so they were hitting everybody up through their Twitter handle instead of their manager, their agent, them personally. They, they were like hitting up their Twitter. And so at the time, he had more Twitter followers than me. So that they were like, this must be the guy. And so they were like, oh, yeah, we'll get you set up straight away. <laughs> And he was like a full on like, because I remember he he was like an open micer. That's like the break of a lifetime for a dude just doing open mics. And he's like, yeah. And it was in fucking Hawaii. It was yeah. In, he got yeah. to go to Hawaii and be on TV. That's yeah, so I still great. haven't been. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So a lot of times we like to say how we know a person. I mean realistically I, I just like telling this story about you um you and i have the same manager and we were going to montreal the montreal comedy festival the same year and when i heard mm -hmm. you were going to be there i was so excited where i checked your schedule because i wanted to watch you 
and nothing worked because we had the exact same schedule except yeah. for except for one I go well if I am a dick and ask him to do some time on my show then I'll be able to watch him and so I felt so ridiculous going hey want to do some time up front for me because I know that's not your spot but I was so thankful you did it because that was the only chance I was going to get to see you live up there and uh it's just so funny so oh, fantastic thanks man no yeah. you were not being a dick at all i was very happy to do it because it was also my like chance to listen to your like hour set you know like i would not have been able to do that otherwise well that saw you can just shut your computer josh and i are going to talk about each other and, yeah uh, i'll just uh i got <laughs> i got a lot of stuff going so just go find a park yeah <laughs> So um, the fans know that we ask you for a list. The listeners know we ask you for a list. And uh, I'm just going to have you, you. You sent me a list today as all. I mean, I just these look so great and so funny. I'm just going to let you pick how you want to do it. You can start off. We interrupt you. And okay. uh, some of our listeners don't like that. They're like, let the people talk. But uh, it's our podcast. No, so fuck you, Amber. <laughs> Two weeks oh, in a row, I'm carrying this. This is gonna be a, this is gonna be a year long campaign. You don't write a shitty email saying nice things about Chad and going hard at Sai and not have me. You know, she hold, said nice things about me. Yeah, that was the whole point. She was like, Chad's oh. amazing, and Sai is fucking ruining Chad by being on this. And I don't even dis, I, I don't even disagree with her, but I'm not gonna not <laughs> carry that. Hey Amber, year of I am sorry I did not defend you last week. I have not seen e the email in question, so thank you for listening. As always, uh, love that you're a, a listener to the show, and thanks for coming back. All right, Josh, the floor is yours. You can start with whatever you would like. Um, I think I'll just start with the one that I that I sent you first so okay. that way it'll be the easiest to, to follow is the sure. order that i sent them in so basically um i've been doing a lot of traveling been able to open up for um trevor noah he's been bringing me along with him on his tour and everything which has been phenomenal and there was a there was a flight that we all had to get to try to remember where we were even going but i think it was north carolina right and so we're heading out to north carolina and i I'm boarding the flight and it, it, the thing is I already, I like flying and I don't mind the normal little like, um, inconveniences. I don't really care about any of that stuff that that stuff is, I'm fine. You know what I mean? Um, I, I put on my noise canceling headphones. I already pre download a bunch of movies. I'm chilling. And this time though, I, I, it's hard to describe the chaos that I encountered. This was like true domestic terrorism, but it was it was like everyone was so it was it was so small. So the first thing, the first thing that happened was I sit down and you know how there are people in this world that are just pure like my friend in college described it as like drugstore cowboys for human interaction, just like, just like, like bandits for attention and like some, just something reaching to feel alive. Sure. So sometimes you're seated next to one of those people and I don't mind cause I'm a chatty guy. And so when they're sitting next to me, I don't mind. I, I can take it. But the person, this, this, this never happened to me in life. So, there was a woman sitting in the middle seat in front of me. So she shouldn't even know that I exist, right? <laughs> this woman is sitting in the middle seat in the row in front of me. And she, we haven't taken off yet. So the, just know that this whole time we have not taken off yet. Where there's some delay on the runway. She starts talking to the person to her right. And it's just not going, like she can feel that they don't want to talk. And, it, and it's an earlier <laughs> flight. And so she's like, she's not a monster. So she moves on to the person to her left. And that person is also like, like lady, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm just, I'm just trying to make it. I, I really can't. <laughs> so then she, she turns, she's just like kind of looking around. Like, you know, like when a, when a, a puppy really wants attention. So he just almost tries to meet your gaze. Yes. So then <laughs> she turns around and through the crack of the seats looks at me. 
And I can I can feel her looking at me. And I'm like, this is crazy. This has never happened to me before. Where someone looks through the crack. Of, you know, like when you're in the bathroom and the, every stall door has a crack in it. Yeah. And sometimes people look through that crack to make sure somebody's in the toilet. That's what she was doing. She was looking through the crack. And so then I'm like, don't look at her. Don't look at her. Don't look at her. But the, the seats had TVs, right? And so... I was like, eventually I have to look up and pick my movie. I can't just not make this woman's gaze for an entire... I don't know how long she's going to keep looking at me. And she, she, when I tell you she was looking at she's steadily looking at me for like at least... This is at least two minutes that I can feel her eyes on me, right? And this is, this is through the crack, right? She's not, she's not looking crack. over the top like a little kid. No, 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 no. But it is exactly what you would expect a child to do. That's like a childish behavior. 100%. And so then I'm, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, don't look at her. Don't look at her. And finally, I'm like, this is ridiculous. I already got my earbuds in. I just want to pick my movie. So let me at least look up and pick my movie. And the whole time I'm trying to pick my movie, I can feel her looking at me. But I'm just like trying to, you know, slide through, swipe. Yeah, yeah, chat. This is, uh, this reminds me of like, I'm getting a feeling you're trying so hard not to look at her that you kind of look like an extra in a movie that was told not to look at the camera, you're going to ruin the shot. Yeah. You're just so yeah. like wide eyed trying to focus. I'm like, I'm like lasered into the thing. <laughs> so finally just, it just, it, it's too much. I've been trying to not look somewhere for like three full minutes. So eventually I just look and we meet and it's only one eye. It's like, it's not both eyes. So she, she got one eye clearly just looking at the seat, which must be messing up her vision. And then she's looking through at me and she just goes, so what movie you gotta watch? <laughs> I was like, what? Like in my head, I was like, what? And so out loud, I'm like, uh, the big short, like, you know, I, it's a good yeah, thing. And, and so then she starts trying to engage me in a conversation about like, <laughs> about like fraud and like, <laughs> And the whole system of uh, of um, uh, the collateralized debt obligate. Like, she had clearly seen the movie, but then she was trying to talk sure. to me about the movie, but about her life. Then I'm like, I'm I'm here for it. Because like I said, I'm a chatty guy myself. So I've, I'm very forgiving of when someone is chatty. I just didn't want to start this one because it felt weird to begin with. The guy next door, the guy to her left, the guy right in front of me, just lets out like a, a, a deep bellow. Just like... Oh, <laughs> like, he's just not built for it. Like, like she's not even talking to him anymore, but he's like, she's somehow closer to me now because she's trying to talk to the guy behind me through the crack, which nobody does. So then sort of recognizing that maybe that's the, like, like she's trying, you can tell she's trying not to be a monster, right? So then she abruptly stops talking to me like it just, we don't even end the conversation really she just stops talking to me and then leans past him like leans over the guy to her left and strikes up a conversation with a person across the aisle oh, no. and i was like this is a bad person like this is this might very well be the devil okay <laughs> and so, so then, they, and then the person that she's trying to talk to is also in a like I think they're in the middle seat of the other row. So then they're sort of flabbergasted, like, "Wait, did I do something? Why is somebody across the aisle trying to get my attention that doesn't know me?" And so she starts talking to him. Okay, so all of that is happening, and also the plane is filling up. So like I said, we haven't taken off yet. There's some sort of delay on the runway, but I, I should back up a little bit. We're not even on the runway yet. So all this happened when we're seated. At the gate? This is, no, no, no. So this is like right as we sit on the plane, right? Oh, yeah. So, so you're this still, is, okay. you know, we're, we're through the skywalk, everything. So I, I, I just wanted to hop in and I, I think anytime I hear that someone's tried to talk to four people and keep striking out, it reminds mm -hmm. me of a lady I saw in Walgreens who had an entire cart, but she only had $30. And so she was talking to the lady there and she just kept going, do you think I need this brush? Here's what I would use the brush for. And everyone was getting super pissed, but this is right after lockdown. So I'm like, this is such a lonely human being yeah. that yeah. has been by themselves for so long yeah. that they just came here for some fucking human interaction. 
Exactly. I mean, they, exactly. Should, they should have the Beatles' Eleanor Rigsby playing in the background. Just like, ah, look at all the lonely people. Bum, yeah. bum, bum, and just show a montage of these two trying to talk to people. Oh, yeah. My brother Greg works uh, the overnight shift at a pharmacy. He's an overnight pharmacist. And it's that's literally his whole life is just filled with people who come in. And he just, the stuff he puts up with beyond what he should, where people just, he's like, yeah, there's some people who come in and say some pretty hateful shit, but you can tell they're alone for like a week in a row. So I just kind of let it slide. Like his, yeah. his, his, the hardest part of Greg's job is not telling off lonely customers for their horrible moral stances on society. Because he knows if he doesn't talk to them, they might take action. But there is like, there comes a point where it's like the last time somebody spoke to someone else through a crack, the conversation went like this. How long have you been in the dungeon? Yeah. How yeah. shall we escape? Yeah. <laughs> or so, just, so, you know, you won't get away this time. You are yeah. under arrest. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't think it was an so, escape. It was like, are you liking it in there? Are you liking it in there? Yeah. <laughs> yum, 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 yum. Yeah. So this is this is all happening before, you know, we're even taxing to get you know, take off or anything. So that's another reason why it was so crazy because it was like happening. It was both happening so fast, but because it was taking us so long to like leave the gate, it felt like forever. So as the plane is filling up, it's getting to the point where we're like down to the wire. So they said it would be a completely full flight, but you know, those early flights, there are people who just don't show up. Right. So I'm at a point right now where I got a very big, very sleepy individual in the middle row like in the middle seat next to me okay so i'm the aisle seat middle seat is a very like large sleepy man who's like already ready to pass out um he's just clearly glad that he made the flight but my man is sleepy i it's like <laughs> it's rare that you let like like dudes especially when you travel out machismo we we don't let ourselves have regular and when i say regular emotion i don't even mean emotion i mean like regular bodily function like as a man right. it feels right. weird to just be sleepy like you need a nap in the day like like men try to be too hard to need naps but everybody needs it so my man is so it's like it's like almost angelic the way he's trying to fall asleep so as as the plane is filling up i'm like okay that seat that window seat looks free so he might even move over there now we both have like a sort of half middle seat this is going to be heaven you know as I'm looking down, so this is right after the lady stopped talking to me, and she's now talking to the person across the aisle. I just happen to look down the aisle to see, like, okay, are we actually done boarding? Because, like, I'm going to let my man know he can take that window seat, stretch his legs out, whatever. And as I'm looking down the aisle, I see probably one of the clumsiest individuals that God has ever created on his green earth. It is the most chaotic energy coming down the pipe that I, that I think I've ever seen, at least on a plane. My man, first of all, he has a backpack and he has a gym bag. So he's got his, you know, carry on a personal item, but he's also got in his arms, a book, a pillow, like his, his uh, earbuds are in his ears an apple, and he may have even had like a little sheet or something, like just like a little cover or something. But he won't he won't carry all of it like a person. He's just fumbling. He's just like like and he's dropping things down the aisle at every step. So he drops his pillow, steps on his pillow. So now it's a dirty pillow. Just now it's been on the floor of the of the plane and he stepped on it. So there's like a boot print on the pillowcase of this pillow, picks that up, drops his apple, and so then picks up the apple, which is like, guys, that was a naked apple. So like, that's 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 a wash now. You don't wanna eat that. That's, that's had everybody's foot on it. Cause he's one of the last people to board. <laughs> of, and course, so they, of course he is, by the way. Of course yeah. he's the last. People go, hey, what's the best sound in the world? Is it a baby laughing? No, it isn't. It is the door on an airplane closing when you have one seat open in your aisle so you can spread out. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I know the feeling of thinking we're home free. And then you see this giraffe of a human, this baby giraffe walking down the aisle. So then my, my bad badge is too tight. So his his 
earbuds come unhooked from his phone. And so he manages to tangle those around one leg. So then they pop out of his ears and just start bouncing on the floor. And the worst part about what he's doing is he's dropping things, which is human. We all drop stuff, but he's not stopping. He's like dropping and then continuing to walk forward like he didn't just drop something. So then he's turning around, which is just slabbing people in the head with his backpack. <laughs> just concussing whole random ILC passengers. Then he drops his apple again. And I'm like, guys, this is, that's a, that's a dirty apple. Now this is more dirt than apple. And so then he, he drops his pill again. Then he drops his book. Now, when he drops his book, he goes to pick it up at first, but then accidentally kicks it forward. So then when he actually goes to pick up the book, he's only picking it up for some reason, like a psychopath by the pages. So then it's like, a, and it's a thick book too. So now he's picked it up by like two pages. So he's got two pages, an apple and a pillow with his ear buds strung around his arm as he's walking forward so of course the book rips like we all just hear <laughs> a slow like and like and the book falls to the ground again so they got pages in his hand and he has to pick the book up for real and then the whole time i'm like please don't be sitting in this row please don't be sitting in this row please be sitting. and then he walks up not quite to our row but to the row in front of us because that's the last one with overhead space and he goes to, he takes he drops everything like a lunatic instead of just setting things down or like I'm already getting up because I know the seat is his seat. <laughs> he doesn't care. He just drops everything like a toddler and then goes to put his backpack in the overhead bin. But the backpack, um, you ever watch somebody when they're not paying attention, they have like a cup of coffee and they put it on the table, but they don't put like more than 50% of the oh, bottom of the cup yes. on the table. Yep. That's what he does with the backpack. So he just puts the backpack sort of like halfway in the overhead bin, but mostly in the air. And so it immediately <laughs> falls on the guy that the lady is talking across from. So he's just having the worst morning. I feel so bad for him. The guy that growled also just gets a backpack like slammed into his lap. And the guy's like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. So sorry, so sorry puts the backpack up for real, like struggles. We both got, me and the sleepy guy got out of the row now to let him in. Is He's like somehow tripping into the row, which is impossible. Nothing is in his way. And so then he puts his pillow next to him. So he's gonna, so he's gonna sleep with the pillow covering the side window. So none of us will get to see what the flight looks like. And, and then, then we both sit back down and he's like, Oh, my book, I'm sorry. And then he, he leans over us to grab his book, grabs his book. Uh, the pages are gone, by the way, he'll never know what those two pages said. Cause he left them in the aisle. And then as I'm settling in, like, okay, all right, we're in. As I'm settling in, he leads over again. He's like, hey, can you grab my apple? And his <laughs> apple is like in the aisle. Just the dirtiest apple I've ever seen in my life. Like it just looked like somebody, you know, like when you see a, a caramel apple, yeah, and it's got that's been like or nuts or something. Yeah, it looked like that, but with sand, like just pure sand <laughs> from the dirt on this plate's floor. And so I hand it to him, and then I had a, I sanitized my old hands, and then <laughs> and then I, I don't remember when it happened, but eventually that lady that talked to everybody looked through the crack at him and was like, "So what kind of apple is that?" I was like, "This is this is hell." <laughs> This must be what hell is like. <laughs> and then the actual flight was like, fine. I was just going to say, I would have given anything to be on that flight if it was to St. Louis. Yeah. <laughs> there's, uh, there's, I, I like fan theories in TV shows. And there's this fan theory in The Office that there's this episode that I think is a lot of people's favorite where it's the CPR episode where Dwight like peels the face, basically, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name, uh, has a heart attack. Uh, what's yeah, the Stanley. Stanley, jeepers. So Stanley has a heart attack, and then the whole episode is about like safety in the office, and they're all in this meeting where all this insane shit is happening. Michael is, you know, singing, and Dwight's peeling the dummy's face off and wearing it, and there's a fan theory that at that point in the show, Stanley actually died 
And from that moment forward, Stanley was in hell for the rest of the series, and it started right there. <laughs> and that's like, that would have been my real question on that plane. I'd have, for a moment, I'd have been like, oh, fuck, I think I'm dead. I think I did it. I think like, that's just yeah. your eternity now. That's so funny. I, I also have a theory that the listeners know, but Josh, I have a theory that um, there were people that went to get coffee from the Twin Towers on 9-11. And mm-hmm. so they were out of the building when the attacks happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, now they they left their families and they live on an island and they just boat around and fish because they, oh, hated, they hated their yeah. life. To put yeah. it into a power so, sentence, his theory is that Americans used uh, the largest national tragedy to abandon their families and move. <laughs> you know I mean, what's he, wild about that, though, is like it doesn't parts. make you a 9-11 truther. It makes you like a Pete truther. Like, you're like, yeah, like, exactly. Hey, Pete didn't die at 9-11, okay? He's on an island somewhere, Virgin Islands probably. And, and, I, and I know I would be one of those people because when you told me the backpack fell on the guy's head, mm-hmm. I would have pretended to be knocked unconscious to not have to talk to that lady anymore. Yeah. That, that's the kind of decisions I make. It's like, well, here we go. I'm just knocked out for an entire flight because yeah. this lady won't fucking leave me alone. It was it was insane. It it was one of the it was two of the hardest individuals to watch, even though it was just for the boarding <laughs> process. They were like they were fine. Once the flight got started, like they were fine. But everything leading up to that, I was like, hey, this is this is the one of the worst encounters I think I've had on a flight. And I've yeah. watched fights on flights, but even <laughs> the fights were shorter than the amount of time it took this dude to get down the aisle. I wonder if that lady was just so nervous about flying mm-hmm. that she because if she was in a middle seat chances are she doesn't fly that often because she doesn't have like you know sky priority stuff and so maybe she was just so terrified of flying she was like i'm gonna talk my way through this till we're in the air yeah See how that goes. yeah yeah i'd like so to I, propose an alternate theory those are just two rich sure. people who have accomplished so much the only way they can sexually gratify each other is this weird fucking plane ruse where he's like, all right, you get on and you start exhausting people with your words through the seats. And then I'll get on and I'll have this dirty apple and I'll be ripping books. And before you know it, we'll be fingering each other in St. Louis. Like, there's a world where this was, this was all a, a real sexual trap. Oh, I, I love that theory a lot. <laughs> all right, well, listen, I can't wait for... This next story. Okay, what a, so what a fucking yeah. transition. Oh no 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 I, no no no! I was gonna I, we were gonna cut that. We'll just start with oh. him starting the next one. <laughs> well, we're gonna leave all this in. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, so basically, when I was, uh, I had to be maybe the sixth grade or something. I went to a Montessori school in Louisiana, and you know, the whole like Montessori process is pretty weird. It's yeah. like. It's 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 all very strange, and it ha- you know what it is too, because it's weird, but it happens to work out when you have to switch over to standardized testing and all that stuff like that. Sure. People let it happen, but like the method of like Montessori school is like great in theory, but then the kids that it works for, it works really well for. So I I actually credit it with helping me um a lot in my thought process and like how i learn and what i feel like failure is all that all that stuff but when it doesn't when it doesn't work yeah (laughs) when it doesn't work for a kid it is it like they can't read (laughs) like like when it doesn't work it's like they can't tell time that's always been my thing with montessori schools because you're clearly a very bright and talented individual and i think when you put people who are bright or talented or have a lot of potential into the Montessori process, it it just blooms these incredible individuals. And if you put some guy named like Cliff, who is like torturing frogs in his backyard into the Montessori project, you just have like a 16 year old that can't read with a history of animal abuse. Like it's not, it's, there should be like a, here's the IQ or the set of standards you need to, to have and not to be elitist, but I, I only want the special people in Montessori. I don't want a bunch of fucking cliffs. Because the thing, this is the wild thing about that whole program is because it starts so young, you'll never know. 
So then it's not until you need to measure it up against something that you know if it's like working for your kid or not, if that makes sense. And In so, case there are people listening that don't know what it is, do you want to explain it? Yeah, so a Montessori school is like a usually a K through six program that's a type of schooling where they don't have a standardized like class time or a subject like broken down hourly. Like the way that you would have um, sort of a homeroom and a math sure. class and an English class. Instead of that, it's an open space classroom where a, as long as a kid is finishing all of their tasks within a day, they they can do English early in the morning, they can do math later towards the end of the day, and the teacher works with them to make sure that they're like both staying on task and understanding, but you're also left alone a lot, so then the kid spends a ton of time figuring out the subject for themselves. So it, you know, it, it, it can be really um, insightful and powerful in how a kid learns. Yes, sure. I? And, and it, it also just, you know, for and it's I, I'm a big fan of the Montessori process. Not to not to get into turn this into a you know some boring episode about education, but for people, it creates the world that I like, where it's like, hey, tr just trust me. I've learned how to handle my business. I've it teaches people how to prioritize things that are you know whether it's looming deadlines, whether it's other things like expectations that people have placed on you. It just teaches you how to balance and shoulder all those things on your own without having to constantly owe it to a process that's being built. Yeah, imagine, yeah. imagine going through one of those schools K through six, and then you go to seventh grade and the pandemic hits and you have to go to distance learning and everyone's shitting their pants except you. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I've yeah. been distance learning for seven years already. Also, the good thing about Montessori school is that they will pull resources if you're advanced yeah. so one thing that happens to kids a lot in the right i swear the story's gonna get funny eventually but like um <laughs> one of the things that happens well, to kids josh let's not make it funny as soon as you finish here i'd like to talk about maria montessori the italian woman who coined the process and <laughs> both an effort to elevate the female population and what they do for our society and introduce the american society to a uh, you know, a little bit of a foreign culture. Go on, I'll get to that after you're done and then chat will <laughs> lean in on the transition to uh, different types of education after Montessori school. Uh, I, I thought we called no Googling at the beginning of this, but whatever, that's fine. I actually know uh, a lot I, about Montessori schools because I got in an argument about them five years ago and got embarrassed and I had a real never again <laughs> moment. <laughs> I was like, I, I was, I was like, oh shit, these are fucking great, and because my whole thing was based on like, you can't keep putting these cliffs in Montessori schools and then thrusting dummies out into society to ruin things for the rest of us, and I like, I was like, man, these, like, I, I, yeah, I was embarrassed in a in a conversation, so I went pretty deep. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I mean, the the good thing about what they what they do as well that I think beats out all this other stuff with education is that they'll pull resources for if a kid is like exceptional at something. So in just my grade, there was one kid that was like, for whatever reason, she was so good with language. She was just like tearing it up like anything you taught her about language like she could conjugate all this she just kept getting it and the rest of us weren't and one of the things that happens in a lot of other schools is that if you you prove to be very like highly intelligent or a quick learner they'll put you in gifted but then they put you in gifted for everything mm -hmm, and maybe right. you're not gifted in everything so at least with Montessori school like my reading level was really high and so they would give me harder thicker whatever more complicated stories books but my math was trash. So it's like if I had been put in a gifted program, I would have just been at this like really good English level. Sure. And then my math would have been like true, like just trash. Like it's like, can you yeah. read numbers? Like it, it, it was it was that bad. Did they ever and, rip out two pages and make you figure out what happened? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like finish the story. Yeah, all right. Exactly. Or you don't Choose get to play. <laughs> Uh, well, that's probably where those two fucking weird sexual sadists learn how to do their shit was in Montessori school. They got good. She's good yeah, at I talking. See that. I'm good at ripping pages. <laughs> Let's get on this plane and turn each other on. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, the the basic, I brought all of that up to say that they would teach us things in very unconventional ways, right? So they would, they would, maybe there'd be a biology lesson that instead of sitting us down and teaching us all about this like biology lesson, having us do a test to make sure we were listening well and can repeat well enough, they would like take us somewhere on this field trip to learn about microbiology or something. So they took us on this field trip once to what I now realize was like a gun range. Uh, so basically, at this thing, I grew up in Louisiana. So I think that maybe some of the people listening to the podcast be like, "What a gun!" It's like in Louisiana, a gun range is required reading. Okay, yeah. like you you go through it at some point, but they just have them in the back of Hardee's and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't take us to just like shoot a dumpster. They took us to a place where the thing was already set up and they let every kid shoot one arrow from a bow and arrow and fire one round from a gun. And the gun is like stocked up. The gun is like screwed in. Like there's very little mobility. It's not like a school shooter's dream. Yeah, I mean, like like there wasn't a kid that was going to grab the gun and be like, finally, like it was it was literally just racked up to where if the kid could pull it out, he could have killed us with his bare hands. And so how many how many foreheads do you think got cracked open before they decided to mount the gun? At least at least a hundred. Because yeah, we don't like changing our ways. <laughs> right, exactly. I don't care how many children bleed from that fucking Montessori school I <laughs> putting the gun on the counter permanently, Jeff. <laughs> it's my favorite one. Yeah. Well, it's just one of they're all my favorite. How am I supposed to masturbate with this gun later if it's stuck to the counter? <laughs> and it and it honestly it only had it was actually really embarrassing amongst us kids if you miss because the mobility was so small like you could literally only move it an inch to the left or right and up and down so if you missed it's like you don't deserve hands uh basically i i got i got down there uh i shot the arrow and it, you know i did okay it wasn't like it was kind of embarrassing because it stuck to the sack, but it then drooped. Like I didn't sink it like Robin Hood. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so then it was my turn to shoot the gun. And I, you know, knelt down in, in front because it was it was it was stocked up low. So you had to like get on one knee and I put the the stock in my shoulder. I did all the things I was supposed to do. I looked through the sight and then I fired the gun right felt the recoil everything and the first time that i shot a gun <laughs> was my first boner and i was like oh, i don't no. know this is not good this is this is so bad i i i don't want to i i don't like guns anymore i don't want this is this is strictly supposed to be for titties and now and now i know and it's like and it's crazy because then this is the worst thing is that you would think the worst thing about getting your first motor when you shoot a gun is like knowing you're a psycho it's not at all is that now i have to stand up and turn around in front of my whole sixth grade class rock hard <laughs> just ridiculously hard like like the heart because here's the thing just as men we know this i've talked about it on stage a little bit as men we know you're never harder again in life than you are in middle school that's the hardest you ever gonna be in your whole life oh, is yeah. middle school hard like like eighth grade for no reason you like wake up hard and you slam your dick in the door and don't feel it like that's how hard you get i love that Cy was worried about the kid killing frogs and then you're getting boners from shooting guns. Uh -oh. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I don't want to touch a gun again. I don't want to be around a gun. Yeah, you're really, you're really sending me back to the other side of the Montessori school argument. And as somebody who's been watching a bunch of serial killer stuff lately, because I saw a documentary, I was like, I'll try ten minutes of this. And like six weeks later, I've watched seventy different things. Uh, yeah, there. That clearly, I mean, there's two options here. Either A, that was just the weirdest coincidence because you got to get your first boner at some point in life. And it's, it's yeah. it just happens. And just coincidentally, yours was like, hey, this is when I'm handling the thing that can end someone's life. Because the other unfortunate option here is like <laughs> every serial killer, they're like, and that's the moment. He correlated sexual gratification with violence. 
So you, yeah. if that did happen, you got to hope like it's just the gun part. You don't have to see the gun go, like the bullet go into anything. <laughs> You're just a guy who like hears a kaboom and like is like, oh, I got to get in this closet. And you know, like you want to yeah, be, yeah, you got to help yeah. you correlate to like the trigger or like, I like a good smooth handle. Yum, 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 yum. Yeah. I mean, it might just be correlated with danger. And so okay. like, it, like, let's say I see a mugging across the street. I'm like, oh no, it's like a spidey sense. I just like start getting hard. And I'm like, <laughs> someone's in trouble. I love the idea of you skydiving and you just have yourself a rudder a built-in <laughs> rudder on your body to steer i like i just I like love danger idea, i just love the idea that somebody's getting mugged and you hear somebody yell oh no a mugging save that lady and then somebody else goes yeah and the guy across the street is choking himself save him <laughs> josh, all... josh missed three days of third grade because he watched scarface and couldn't stop coming <laughs> Yeah, dude, it, it was like it was one of those things where I was like, man, I'm I need to stay as far away from this as possible until I can figure it out. Have you shot a gun since? Actually, no, I don't know if I have. Are like, you? That was like, oh, you'd know. I was like oh, you know. Yeah, you would know. Yeah, I guess not. Wow. I thought I. You know what it is? I thought that I. Had, I keep. You know what? It, I keep almost shooting. So when I was in Indianapolis. Um, doing like crackers or something. Yeah, that's a good I was a, gonna go to a to a gun range um, to kill yourself because you were Googled at crackers. My... <laughs> yeah, dude, 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 my man. So what I tell you, I, oh, I it's like it's it's a whole it's it's almost too much to get into. But that was one of the most depressing weekends that I that I ever had. Like I was like. Yeah. Everything I wanted to do in Indianapolis required at least two people, and I was alone. So I couldn't go. I couldn't even go axe throwing because they were like, "Oh, we have a private party." I was like, oh, "Okay, great." I actually know the owner of the axe throwing company there, and they said they didn't have a private party. They just knew what happened when you touched a gun last time. Yeah, and they yeah. Didn't dare put an axe in your hand. Yeah, for fear of me cutting my old dick off. <laughs> So you don't have to turn around and show the other people like, oh, man, this guy's really into throwing those things. Uh, as, yeah. as someone who has been to a whole bunch of gun ranges in my life, uh, I, I can tell you that I don't think you're alone. Every guy who's at a gun range looks like he has a boner while he's shooting like that. I assume that's a <laughs> lot like, dude, gun gun guys, there's no way they don't. They're not like rot it up when they go like have you ever talked to someone at a gun range you're like well this guy's got a an yeah. erection pressed against his waistband right now that's yeah. actually that's actually yeah. why they have the um sometimes you know they have the strap for the gun the leg strap yeah. and that goes around your thigh mm -hmm. it's to hold your dick down <laughs> so uh -huh. so you sent he, you sent a list of four stories Mm -hmm. um, normally, if you like, if you're doing normal radio show and they go, uh, "Hey, well, uh, we can't make it to all the stories," that normally means you're not doing a great job because they want you out of the studio. But mm -hmm. this situation is we normal we're already over our normal amount of time. But I I really do want to hear um, about the fight. Oh yeah. So yeah. will you will you jump to that story? I don't mean to cut out the other story. No, no, but it's these, all good. These stories have been so good and so entertaining that it like uh, it, <laughs> two of them took the entire time, which is awesome. And it had you started with had you started with as a child, I got an erection firing a gun. You would have told one story this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's I could. Uh, that's very fair. <laughs> we, I just think we would have kept talking about. Yeah, it I, there's no way. The fact that we are both being adult enough to be like, yeah, yeah, well, let's get to the fight. That's pretty big win for Team Cy and Chad. <laughs> uh, basically, the the Wrigleyville story was um, the IO Improv Olympic famous Chicago, you know, improv theater and like studio learning center, all that stuff mm -hmm, used mm -hmm. to be in Wrigleyville off the Addison stop in Chicago. Mm -hmm. okay. And so I would go there to watch shows. There was also a place called the underground lounge that was like, I'm almost positive a front because all the shows there were like terrible. I've only ever, I only ever saw them sell out two shows in the entire time I lived in Chicago and they were two rock shows, which the place was like barely built for a rock like vibe, anything. Mm -hmm. And then, um, 
it was just the, the the bartender basically ran the entire place front to back but was paid in cash and i was like this is this is mob stuff like <laughs> like there's there's no way it's like i don't know even if you own the building which is impossible because it was the underground lounge was like the basement level of a much bigger building with a bunch of stuff going on in it so unless you're like a multimillionaire who owns this building and just doesn't care about losing money in the basement there's no way this place floats um so I was doing a show at Underground Lounge, and then I think I went to a show at I.O. All I know is I'm leaving Wrigleyville after the baseball game gets out. Okay. And there's a, I'm, there's a place called the Blarney Stone, which actually used to be a really popular open mic there for years and years and years. Sure. And outside of the Blarney Stone, there are these two guys that are, that are like, getting into a fight. And the fight is basically – you can see the, like – like the grease to yeah you know i mean west side story <laughs> side where it's like they both had their groups like hyping them up but one guy was very tiny like one like one guy was like really little and then one guy was not the biggest man in the world but he was like fairly tall and it was to the point like everyone was hyping up this fight but as an onlooker i was just like hey like no boulders here i was like this little guy's gonna get hurt yeah i mean like this is this is not cool so even as i'm thinking like should i step in should i do something they they start fighting and the big guy cracks the little guy hard right and to the point where i'm like i knew it this isn't fair i can't believe so many people are watching this and i'm like I don't even know what I would do if I got up on them because I'm not a big man myself, but I was like walking towards it just a little bit. So I'd only maybe taken a step. We're not talking about me running in there like brothers, brothers, please. Yeah, I mean, it was none of that. <laughs> but basically, before any of us know what happened, he cracked the little guy and then the little guy... <laughs> straight up climbed him <laughs> <laughs> on the lay and climbed him like a demon like 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 got around him and was just like like climbed him like a chipmunk would and then <laughs> and then like really really cinched up like a nice rear naked choke right but because he is so little he can't wrap his legs around the guy's torso so because he can't wrap his legs around the torso he can't complete the choke so now this tall guy just knows there's a little dude on him choking him and now he's spinning around screaming <laughs> and the little guy is like having the worst piggyback ride of his life so he's also screaming <laughs> it's just like looks like a dog chasing its own tail probably a hundred percent and so and so they're both just like swinging around and the little guy is like kicking <laughs> He's trying to punch the guy in the face, but he keeps moving his head behind the other guy's head. And then eventually they're like the worst part for me is when the friends pull them apart because then the little guy's friends start pulling him by his little feet, like trying to pull him off. But he really does have that choke cinched up. So he's taking the big guy down with him, but then the big guy's friends are pulling him by his hands, which is only choking him more. So the guy's <laughs> like, they're going to kill this dude because they can't, they're too drunk to realize what the real problem is. And the real problem is this guy's like really cinched up the choke nice. And so they're both just like screaming, 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 screaming. They finally pull the dude away. And it like, I felt bad because it's like, he was such an underdog in that story and then he prevailed only to then like <laughs> only to then basically get carried away like a like he looked more like a kid when they carried him away <laughs> than when he was at the fight and i just felt bad i i love watching fights where you have no clue what's going to happen right you you have an idea like you think oh this is absolutely the outcome but then you have no idea what was actually going to take place like watching that guy climb up yeah the guy like a pole and put him in a re reverse chokehold is so fantastic and then to watch them chinese finger cuff the two people <laughs> apart from one another yeah and all they're doing is helping little uh it's so great
Yeah, because my man had the choke, so I can't even believe he had that grip strength. Like, <laughs> like if two if two grown people were pulling you by the leg anywhere, you're going with them. Right, you exactly. <laughs> like, I don't know who's that strong, but he was just like, no! Ah! <laughs> just stay choking him. Oh, only in Wrigleyville. Like I said before we started, I was excited to hear that because I've seen fights in Wrigleyville too, and the punches could not have broken glass or through wet paper or anything. It's yeah. just like a slap fight. Yeah. So to, so to hear somebody got choked out is terrific. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, my man was going out on his feet. <laughs> he was like, he was like uh, and then his, when his friends are pulling him, that's only pulling him into the choke. Like the choke right. is around his neck. It's like when a dog is on a leash and uh, with the collar and they keep yeah. running and you're like, you're the one that's fucking paying for this. What are you yeah. doing? Yeah. I'm not even, I'm barely holding you. I'm trying to give you <laughs> as much slack as I can. <laughs> this started as a hug and now I'm killing you. Yeah. Well, Josh, man, I can't thank you enough for this. This has been a real treat. I'm glad we got to chit chat and uh, it's great to see you. You too. We talked about this too. We, we don't see each other very often, but... <clears throat> I look forward to bumping into you a lot more than we have. Yeah, me too. Uh, so, guys, Josh is a writer on The Daily Show. He has uh, albums. He has an album, I Like You, Elusive, and Hashtag. And I cannot recommend those albums enough. I think they're absolutely terrific. Um, again, thanks for coming on. Oh, yeah. Can I plug one last thing? Sorry, I should have said something. No, ahead no, of absolutely. Time. Oh, I have a podcast myself called The Josh Johnson Show, where my buddy Logan and I tell each other stories about being on the road and just general life stuff. Yeah, that sounds like a really good format. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, I'm coming on there, you jerks. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, give that a listen. And uh, thanks again. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, dude. thank you. Hey, if you guys like this, uh, there will be a new episode next Monday and every single Monday at 8 a.m. So click the subscribe button so your phone sends it to you without having to do any work.